Hello and welcome to the Global City Missions podcast, where we discuss contemporary issues in cross-cultural urban ministry. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York, and today we're going to be talking about catalytic ministry. In our work, we generally refrain from referring to ourselves as missionaries. Uh, at GCMI, we tend to prefer the more aspirational term missions catalyst. And I'm not usually one for labels, but I think in this instance, it actually matters how uh, urban ministry workers refer to themselves, because the way in which we think about our role often affects the end results of our ministry and the strategic decisions we make along the way. In chemistry, a catalyst is added to either start or accelerate a, a chemical reaction. And in that reaction, the catalyst is not the focus. It is there to initiate a process, but the potential for that process is already present. Catalysts unleash, but they're not the primary elements causing change. And this is how we try to be in our mission work with GCMI. Uh, we enter a neighborhood or an immigrant community to proclaim the gospel, and we want to encourage receptive people to gather others to start house churches. And we talked about that some in our last podcast. And then as we seek to raise up and form indigenous leaders, uh, to see movement happen in, in all of these different roles. We are coming alongside to coach from the outside and to help insiders create sustainable and reproducible church structures that don't rely on us as the missionary worker in order to continue and reproduce. And so this is what we mean when we talk about being catalytic. It's not being at the center of everything going on within a disciple-making movement or within uh, a missionary movement but looking for what resources already exist, both in terms of receptive people and in terms of leadership and spirituality, and trying to enter in and either start or accelerate uh, the reaction that's going to result in disciples being made and churches being planted within a community. And I would like to draw out five principles that I think are essential to Catholic ministry. Uh, and these are all things that we don't do perfectly, but at GCMI, we're trying to learn to uh, make these principles present in all of the work that we do. So the first principle I want to look at, uh, which I think is probably good, not only in catalytic ministry, but in any, would be to say, don't do things for people that they can do for themselves. Uh, so often, and especially in evangelistic and church planning work, uh, we give into the temptation to be the primary doer in every aspect of church. Uh, that we as the minister need to be the primary person doing pastoral care. We need to be the primary teacher. We need to be the primary decision maker, leader, the primary fill in the blank. And this can result not only in a certain paternalism towards the people that we minister to, where we see them as sort of spiritual children and receivers that aren't capable of doing anything for themselves. But when we, when we are this primary doer, we rob new disciples of participating in and learning the ministry of the church. When we never pass off things, when we never trust uh, even new disciples to take over and make decisions for themselves, uh, then we inhibit maturation and we actually set ourselves up for stagnation and burnout as the professional minister. Um, so the work of a catalyst, in contrast to this, is about empowering others to reproduce every reproducible aspect of the life of the church. So why would I lead a Bible study that I could pass off to someone else to facilitate? 
And if I see an opportunity for conflict resolution, rather than going and doing it by myself, why don't I invite one of the people I'm discipling along with me to help me in that? Or why don't I ask for advice before making a decision or try to get consensus within a house church rather than being the primary decider and motivator? And so successful catalysts are constantly training and raising up others to replace themselves. And they're constantly trying to be self-evaluating and seeing what aspects of their job uh, they could release to others so that they are not at the center of everything going on. I think the second principle of catalytic ministry is to recognize that the resources for ministry exist within the harvest. This is similar to the first point, but it's easy for missionary workers and church planners uh, to act as if the fruitfulness of our ministry is entirely dependent upon our own abilities, knowledge, skills, and resources as the professional worker. And that's just simply not true. In practice, that belief will absolutely kill catalytic work because God is already ahead of us uh, in these people of peace like we talked about in the last podcast, that as I'm out working, I'm going to raise up and disciple people who are better evangelists than I am and are better teachers than I am, who are going to make uh, wiser and more discerning leadership decisions because they're cultural insiders. And so mature catalysts understand that the necessary reactants are already in place and that our job is to initiate and unleash this unused potential rather than to be the primary resource for uh, anything that's going to grow out of ministry. Catalysts are at their best when they're coaching others, when they're empowering disciples to embrace their own abilities and good catalysts work themselves out of positions of authority and raise up other to do the work for themselves. And catalysts, should be known by their ability to see within others the unused potential for ministry in the kingdom of God. Uh, one of the, our friends here in New York uh, often uses the maxim. He says, if you can't see it before you see it, you'll never see it. And I think that's true uh, in relationship to this point about the resources being in the harvest, that we need to develop within ourselves the skill to see in others what God wants to use them for, even before they've entered in to the discipleship process, and that we need to help them develop and unleash that potential for ministry. As a third principle for catalytic ministry, I think we need to not be afraid of asking difficult things of others. Uh, there's nothing easy about following Jesus. And when we're afraid to ask hard things of new disciples, we foster immaturity and we prevent healthy fruit from growing. So I would say that catalytic workers are not afraid to ask disciples to step deeper into things like maturity and being self-feeding of discipling other people, of obedience to scripture, of one another ministry in the church. And this is the way that we're going to develop leaders. When we look at Jesus doing ministry, he wasn't afraid to ask his disciples to work at the very limits of their maturity, that he was asking them to teach things as soon as they were learning them. He was sending them out to disciple others and find people of peace a long time before they fully understood the gospel. And even right after the resurrection, Jesus leaves and ascends back to heaven and entrusts this work to his disciples. And we don't often show that same trust in the people we're working with. But I think if we wish to be catalytic disciple makers, we shouldn't be afraid to ask new disciples and young believers to step into some hard things 
to take over the ministry of, of the church. The fourth principle of catalytic ministry is what I think actually allows us to work out these first three. And that's that we as, as missionary workers need to recognize that we don't control the outcome of our efforts. One of the most toxic things catalysts can do in ministry is to try and control the end results of all of their own ministry. Um, when we empower others, it will always be at odds with control. And if we're more concerned with successful outcomes than with raising up new disciple makers from the harvest, then we really cease to imitate Jesus in the ministry that we're doing. Um, often it's much more important that we let new disciples take charge of things than it is that we ensure that all of our own ideal end results uh, take place. If failure is not a tolerable outcome of ministry, then we're not going to be emotionally or spiritually prepared for the difficult work of discipling others. That The outcome of the kingdom work that we do is always going to be in God's hands. And so we need to act like we believe that by releasing others into ministry and not seeing failure as the opposite of faithful ministry. And we spoke about this a good bit in the previous podcast about things that I wish I had known when I started ministry. So I won't go into too much detail here, but I do think that it just warrants a little bit of attention to say that it can be emotionally very difficult for those of us who went through seminary training and formation to trust handing over the reins of ministry uh, to people who lack our educational resources. But by empowering others, most of the things that we do probably will take a step down uh, in regards to their professionalism or how impressive they are from sort of our ivory tower perspective. But they'll also probably get healthier and more indigenous and contextualized in some really cool ways that will empower the ministry to grow well beyond us as the worker. That's what we're talking about by being catalytic. But in order to do that, we're going to have to reshuffle our priorities uh, in where empowering others is more important to us than excellence. And sometimes we make an idol out of excellence in ministry. And so we make decisions around wishing to see or measure the work as successful by how impressive it is from some sort of external ministry standards. But as a catalyst, what what's going to be impressive to us or seen as successful is ministry where we're constantly releasing to others the kingdom work and we're constantly replacing ourselves with other workers and reproducing ourselves as disciple makers. So the first principle is to not do things for people that they can do for themselves. And then we need to recognize that the resources for ministry already exist in the harvest, even before we get there. And we need to not be afraid to ask difficult things of others because we recognize that we don't control the outcome of ministry and it's in God's hands. And this all leads us to the last principle of catalytic ministry, which is that we as the worker need to leave. And this may actually be one of the most difficult things about catalytic work is that we as the professional ministries, once the reaction is started and is underway, we don't stay at the center of things. We unleash people to foster multi-generational ministry. And when we've reproduced and replaced ourselves, it's really time for us to go. Uh, and what this means in a practical sense is that many of the people in churches that I planted, they don't know me because I'm not around anymore. And a lot of the people that I've discipled are now getting credit for the ongoing ministry because they're the ones leading it. 
Uh, but once catalysts have raised up leaders in a church, it's time for us to allow the reaction to continue without us being in the center of it. And often, if we try to remain in the middle of things, uh, it's because we desire to have a place where we're fulfilled and feel needed or feel validated. And that's a good time probably for me to confess that it's really difficult for me to walk away from ministry because it's so hard to initiate and to help things grow that once once things are started, I'm excited to be a part of them and I want to be at the center of them because I really sweated and bled to get this going. But I think if we want to see healthy and mature disciples form that are then going to grow into disciple makers, we need to recognize the necessity of leaving. And I think Jesus modeled this well for us. The incredible trust that Jesus shares uh, or places in his disciples to leave and to let them take over the ministry. And it's the same thing we see in Acts as the disciples disciple others like the Ethiopian eunuch or Lydia or Cornelius, and then just kind of release them to continue on this ministry. Uh, we need to see the necessity of leaving and walking away. And this demonstrates a tremendous trust in God, but this is the only way we're going to get at catalytic ministry. So I want to challenge you this week to evaluate your own ministry efforts. And I want to ask you to dwell on this question. Uh, which of these principles is missing from your work? And how could you try to adapt to become more catalytic in discipling others in your context? Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Global City Missions podcast. Uh, comment with your own questions or subscribe for more episodes. And you can learn more about us on our website at www.globalcitymission.org or you can visit us on our Facebook and Twitter.